Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Podcast Assemble, the show where you come for your rambling, geeky download. My name's Tommy, and I am delighted, as always, to be joined by my friend and co-host from across the pond. It's our resident kamikaze pilot of the pod, DL. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm a failed one, if I'm, just, if I'm here with you. <laughs> yeah, you are failed. I'm a dishonored Did your, did your plane have uh, problems as well? Uh, yeah, mine had many problems, including the, <laughs> the pilot. You didn't want to fly. Yeah, I just didn't even get in. The pilot, I, I had I had an ankle injury. Couldn't, yeah. couldn't get up the... The ankle injury of 1998? Yeah, it's still yeah, I couldn't you. get up the... No. What, are they, what are they called? The gang? Not the plank. The steps? I don't the know. The steps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, Tough pretty crazy though. Like, that's like a thing. It was like, we, you know... Like, this is how we We have bombs. Enemy. Yeah. But bombs. that's not enough. Yeah. <laughs> We must crash the plane. Let's use into, our humans. It does seem a bit like crazy. Anti-life? Well, definitely anti-life. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not pro-life, but it does seem a bit like, you know, like did anybody stop to just be like, but the bomb does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same thing. Bomb does it better. In fact, it's engineered. Bullet does better. Yeah. <laughs> no. But I think like, I don't know. I haven't read any like World War II lore, but yeah, it right. was... I got to imagine, like, it did strike fear into the other side because it's like it was an honorable sacrifice. If you really, see, wasn't it? if you see the plane coming, you're like, it's not just dropping bombs. Like, if it misses, <laughs> that shit ain't gonna stop. That thing will just head straight. Like, it is probably, <laughs> but also like easy target, like flying directly at you if you haven't, you know. Oh, it depends because guns back then weren't particularly like accurate. I mean, weren't they? Pearl Harbor, they made it seem like they were. Yeah, you know, Josh Harden took a few down. <laughs> yeah, well, he would. Of course yeah. he would. Now, guys, the reason we're talking about Kamikaze Pilots is because the movie we're talking about today is Godzilla Minus One. And my God, what I went into this with no expectation. Yeah, me neither. But what a name, like Minus One. I still, having seen the movie, don't understand Ooh, why it was called Minus One. I will tell you that when we get to talking about our main topic today, because okay. that's actually super interesting. But went in with no expectations. Is it really? Yeah, it's actually really interesting. And it was bloody spectacular, DL. I'm really happy we did this. I enjoyed it as well. So different. Well. Not was, uh, what not I expected. Cut. Well, it wasn't just wasn't cut from the same Hollywood cloth yeah. in a lot of ways. Well, 100%. Hey, yeah. mate, how have you been? What's been happening? Been good, man. Just hosted the team for a nice little uh, taco Mexican food party at my apartment uh, two days ago. So I made, made three meats. Tacos? Made the chicken. You didn't bring me any? No, I did not. You my can God. come over later if you want some. Um, made the carnitas as a pork. And then I made the uh, the carne asada. Very good. It was like a proper, I mean, cooking for 20 people was like a proper prep. Yeah, wow. It was like, you know, I was doing it for like a, the night before all the marinades, all the dicing, and then probably Look half of the you've morning. you've been a good, yeah. good house. It was delish, dude. It makes me wish I had more time to properly cook. I love cooking. Yeah, it's, it's I bloody fun. love it. I made a, ironically because today is today's topic i made a katsu curry just the other day oh nice surprisingly it's not that difficult to make it just takes a lot of time the curry sauce specifically i mean yeah. so i obviously breaded the chicken and did all that stuff but yeah. the katsu sauce you know when you've got hankering for something and you're like only that will do yeah and i was like milliseconds away from ordering from uber eats or yeah. whatever there's plenty of options and i was just like nah gonna make it myself <laughs> so I made it, and my God, I somehow smashed it. Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's it's definitely more like uh, wholesome when you cook it and you you you've made it yourself. Yeah, absolutely. It feels a little bit better. Don't you just feel that sense of love for sure, especially when you nail it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I remember, I had about. my like carne, first carne tacos with like the avocado, like the guacamole I made with like feta, and I had I was like, fuck, that's good. I was feta. like, I killed it. Yikes! Of course, um, it was good. Yeah, I fucking. Killed you had it. all of the stuff I in there. Killed it. But you can like you know cook something poorly and it doesn't taste good. I mean, it's like, I guess my point is like, 
I was like, this is restaurant grade. Like, I, I could have had this taco at a restaurant. If you may happy. say so yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I did a cool thing this week, yeah, what actually. Else did you do, so I went to the Australian Screen Editors Awards, which effectively is bringing together of all the editors across industries. So movie, TV. Commercial. Commercial, everything you want. Documentaries. They have their own table, the commercial. giving people. them awards that we didn't know. Just like in the back. <laughs> just sitting on their own. It's like, those guys kind of suck. No, everything was, everything was in there. Even like animation, which was fantastic okay. to see. And my my company, the the one I work for, actually sponsored a award. I was probably about twelfth in the list to go, and about twelve different people couldn't actually go. So, wow. I, but it's it was nice that I got to see it, and it was really interesting. So, one of the the uh, awards that was won was for yeah, you know, Chris Hemsworth Limit uh, Limitless TV show. Yeah, yeah, the one he did where where he, he found was, out about his own yeah, thing. and he was pushing his own boundaries. One of the people that had edited, I think it was like the second episode. Okay, and it was so interesting. I just talked to them about. The tools they use to do it, the things, the the workflows, the processes they have to edit. Super interesting. They're also super creative. I'll just sit in dark rooms all the time. All the They're time. They're all very pasty, much yeah. like myself. <laughs> not not a tanned, bronze. No, not a tanned group. person in the room. Wasn't like a bodybuilding competition, quite no, the opposite. No, yeah. they could have done with some of that roll on stuff, though. Yeah. <laughs> that was real fun and a real good insight into the industry and how, you know, like, people don't get rewarded for editing that often. It's super weird. It's one of those things that doesn't seem to come up. Have you ever heard of who edited the Oscar-winning movie? Well, isn't that partially cinematography? No, it's the post. It's all post-production. Cinematography is all is all production. I thought cinematography was how the film was like constructed and put together and including editing. Well, cinematography is literally just like the filming of it, right? We're digressing. Guys, there will be time codes in the description. Feel free to jump around. If you want to jump to our main topic, we just mentioned it's a doozy this week. We would love you to stick around, though. Listen to us, give you some recommendations, maybe, about some things we have been up to. But DL, I have yes, one yes, question yes. for you before we move on. If you were going to rate this podcast on a scale of minus one Godzillas to five Godzillas, how many stars would you give it? You know, five Godz- five Godz- six Godzillas minus wow. one. <laughs> how about that? I love it. Six I love your math there. That's good yeah. work. Uh, we'd love it if you guys could give us a five-star review. You can do it right there in app. If you've got your phone open right now, Apple, Spotify, whatever you're in, please do. It does help the show. You know how algorithms work. <laughs> do you? I don't. But <laughs> uh, people Somebody do. does. Somebody. Well, some yeah. algorithm does. DL, what have you been up to, buddy? I have been, I guess, re- researching this Rebel Moon thing because there's a bunch of Ooh. news coming out. Ooh, because we're going to talk about that. Yeah, we are. And I, Wait, is I, that out next week or a week after? I, it's coming out soon because it's, it's like plastered everywhere. So this is Zack Snyder's upcoming Netflix show. Uh, yeah. Film. Well, Films? it's a movie. It's, du- yeah. it's a duology. Mm. Which basically in real terms means like a movie that was too big to make one. Because <laughs> there's no such thing as oh. duologies, right? Like Zack Snyder. Funny that, isn't it? M- n- no one ever is like, I'm setting out to make two movies it's always one or three <laughs> yeah so it's like this is obviously it's either one, one of the really studio long. mandates you do yeah. a trilogy exactly so the the thing about it is like i'm actually going into this with like i don't think it's gonna be good okay like that's my that's my stance uh, like i'll be proven wrong but there's just the things he's saying like I'll, I'll read a quote there was never a script it was always just a pitch and i was just a big star wars fanatic it wasn't necessarily a certain thing i wanted to see in star wars but it was more that i just loved the icon iconography which to me is like exactly what I think this is. It's like he iconography, iconography. He likes all all the things he likes from a bunch of different stuff. Yeah, right. Isn't and that he's what we gonna said make like a movie six weeks ago? No, I know, but he's literally saying it. 
So I'm like, now there's no, there's no doubt in my mind. No this is what it is. It. Yeah. And then he's like, he eventually drew from a myriad sources to build his lore. It's like, yeah, basically he stole everything. It kind of just feels like this movie is going to be like the equivalent of the results you'd get if you asked ChatGPT to like come oh, up with a new brilliant. sci-fi movie. Yeah, brilliant. That was inspired by Star Wars. You're and like, this is the script. Yeah. Here's the sci-fi things I like. Yeah, like, can you make a movie about it? And it's gonna be like the forgotten child that was like, you know, like it's, a, it's <laughs> gonna be just a lot of fluff. Like maybe he has. I could be, I could be wrong, but I was, I was looking at that, and I'm, I'm not that hopeful um well we haven't got around to watching it yet that's coming out very soon for so sure we'll either for talk sure. about that next week or for our last episode of the year perhaps. for sure we can we will i just was given a little preface to it because i read a bunch of stuff about it but other than that man i, I burned through last weekend you know i said i'd started red rising yeah i was like a hundred book yeah i was like a hundred pages in and then last sunday i literally read like the rest of the book all, Yikes, all wow. in one sitting uh yeah i, I really liked it I loved you it. liked that book way more than i did i, think. I liked it a lot like i liked it i just felt like it was very much a person's first attempt at writing a book. For sure. I mean, there's that, nothing uh, wrong with that. Undoubtedly, there's things that like, it's like has flaws, but like as a story, like that was engrossing. Like I thought it was, I thought it was really, really, I hope my first book's like that. <laughs> like it was like, well, still he same created a really, really compelling list of characters, I think. Yeah, and a few at least. Um, and an even more compelling setting. I think the thing he did really well was setting up some good rivalries. I think it's really interestingly done. But there are bits where they just speed through. And there's probably spoilers for Red Rising, should we say? Yeah, very quickly. I mean, real quickly, definitely. Uh, they spoilers. speed through some bits. in the So the final battle, it goes full Lord of the Flies, full Battle Royale. Yeah. And what happens is they're being... So it's hard to explain without people understanding the book. But the Battle Royale is happening. It's like while, Hunger, Egg, Hunger Games on crack. Yeah, right. So if you imagine Hunger Games, the people who are watching are in like an ivory tower literally yeah. sitting above the uh, above what's going on they go up and just kill a bunch of these people in the ivory tower and i'm just like that feels unnecessary like it just didn't i felt like it didn't really flow with how you know they were all been sort of cat like brought in like cattle for a lot of it they were just put on a certain direction and they had to follow it it just felt weird some parts of it i thought that that well, A, you're saying like there was two comments there, right? It was like super fast and moved fast towards the end. And like, I think that, that was intentional. I think up. that was intentional. I think it was like Dar Darrow is a character of momentum, right? And he has like, he had like a lot of momentum. Mm. And he, if he like, if he waited too long to do certain things, he would have been thwarted sure. because all the odds were against him. So it was like, how do I do this very fast in a way that can basically, I can bulldoze my way through this. Yeah, right. And I think that that was like by design. And I do think, like, I know you have a, the, the Olympus conquering of Olympus. I thought it was like, it made sense for the lore that they set up basically being like, they, there was so many things of like, if you don't cheat, you're, you're, you know, cheat if you can, basically. Yeah, right. they, they'd set that up multiple times. And they also set up that the people that would be in this, like running this thing are actually not the most uh, respected people in this world. Mm. And so their spoilers them being like killed actually kind of aligns with the culture of the iron golds. Like they wouldn't, the iron golds would not give a fuck about this game. They care about the products of it. And if the product of yeah. one of them proved that they were more badass than anyone ever thought it could be right now, they're not good. Now they're going to set up things to stop this from happening again. Like, but I thought I found that believable in the sense that he wouldn't have been punished. And that for someone like his character who has nothing to lose, mm. Of course, he might do something sure, crazy go for like it. that. Yeah, that makes you sense. Know, um, but I, I really enjoyed the book. And I think it's just set up so much to come. Yeah, right. I agree I'm, with that. I'm excited to read the second. I think second it's one. more that like the bits where they had an opportunity to flesh that out and give you insight into that, or at least the mindset of Darrow to be like, 
this is the reason I'm doing this, as in like he has nothing to lose, it sped right up and then it would slow down at weird times. And I'd be like, why are we sitting here with you with an injury for four chapters? It's plot. It's plot, right? Like you can't like certain things. If uh, if they told you what he was thinking in that moment, it would have ruined the next three chapters. Twist. Yeah, sure. I just so mean, it was a bit of a, like architected that yeah, way. Yeah, sure. I just feel like it was. It, it just lacked a little sum in summing, which probably is going to come in in the future books. I would assume. I don't know. I feel like they're definitely going to like. I guess if you want more lore, I've heard that if you want more like exploration of like sort of of what's going on around mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. these characters, that's definitely what I've heard comes. Yeah. So. Right. Do you recommend this to our lovely listeners? I would recommend this to anyone who Red likes Rising. Lord of the Flies, Ender's Game, uh, Hunger, Hunger Games. Games. Yeah. It's like, a, I would argue, a better version of uh, Hunger Games, but more adult. Yeah, right. More brutal. That's fun. And, yeah, it is kind and, of brutal, and a, it? and a bigger world. It's, think, it feels like it's going to be a much bigger I say, world. It's going to expand into yeah. bigger worlds. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, cool. I like that one. And it's, it's a, got a little bit like a Roman kind of feel to it. Like, like okay. a hey, like this is like what it might have been like in militaristic Rome or Greece, like with all these different, it's like there's a feudal element. So there's almost like a Dune element for the Ooh. for the world, not the writing. Yeah, Does right. that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the world buildings, yeah, yeah. like we say, it is his first time. So yeah. it's his first chance at writing a book. So, you know, it's not perfect. It could get better. It's got a yeah. lot of opportunity to get better. I like, I like it. I like and it I watched a, a couple, couple comedy specials. Matt Reif and uh, Stravos Halkius, which what was- What do you think of the Matt Reif one? I thought it started slow and it, it finished strong. I enjoyed the Matt Rife one. Yeah, I thought, thought it was, it was good. It feels like he was purposely trying to piss off his female audience. <laughs> like, did, did you get that vibe? Like he's like, I, I'm kind of over being known as the dude that a bunch of chicks like because I'm good looking. I'm going to try and alienate them and bring the boys on board. We actually watched that yeah. exact one recently as well. Yeah. And it was, it's apparently getting a lot of flack because he makes a joke about domestic abuse and you can't really joke about that but like I mean, it's comedy and it's really hard because you know comedy is supposed to be that last frontier and uh, but a lot of people apparently have taken offense to that specifically yeah, you can you can joke about it if people laugh that I mean, is the line the question is are they laughing though I, I didn't laugh at that joke people did people did in the audience okay all right i mean like okay okay maybe you didn't but like i guess that's the you know and and at the end of the day well people his his shows will tell like do people buy more tickets to his shows or not god damn i just googled him he is jacked yeah i mean all he does is go to gym and do comedy i mean yeah great personality that isn't it yeah. <laughs> I would also a few fun things, DL. And oh, would you recommend either of those, Matt Rife? Or I would recommend both. Stavros is pretty funny. You, I think I've you'd watched like that him. one. I have to watch that. We actually yeah. watched Pete Holmes's Netflix special. You know Pete Holmes? That's old, though, isn't it? No, it's he's got a new one out. It's oh, okay. like in twenty twenty three, I think. So he's the guy who basically started off as part of College Humor. He did the Batman specials, where he's like, Batman can't stop thinking about sex, or yeah. um, Batman versus Superman. What it would actually, the conversation would actually go like. <laughs> the guy's fucking hilarious watch his comedy special it's kind of just it's almost like his like 30 second skits like really stretched out and mm. it's not as good as i hoped it would be i kind of got bored i'm trying to remember what this guy looks like ah he's so nondescript he's dad bod floppy brown hair white guy like, does, he have, does he have like a mic thing oh yeah i've i've, I've uh, almost watched his yeah i wouldn't I think i started it and then I was like, this isn't that good. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend. This is one thing that I definitely wouldn't recommend. I think we may have even turned it off. Yeah, I would recommend both the, the other guys. But it, I, I started his and it was like, this is kind of like floppy. Just wasn't yeah. that. Yeah, it, just yeah, wasn't that it didn't have much bite to it. Yeah. It was very There was definitely PG. no jokes to question about domestic violence. I know. <laughs> <laughs> like it was like, I think he's got like, a, he must have a target audience. Like he's got something about him. But 
I didn't love this. Like yeah. his character work, I find way more interesting mm. when he's doing skits. the yeah the skits stuff. He's already brought them back. He started doing like Batman fires the Justice League and stuff, and it's like little skits of him sitting having a conversation with a fake Aquaman and stuff. It's pretty yeah. funny. Like they're pretty funny. It's very different. Yeah, it's and a very different kinda, type of comedy. Yeah. yeah, I feel like this comedy show is like I say a bit too PG for me. Um, another thing I did this week was the partner had a Novito week. So mm. we watched Double Jeopardy from the 90s. Have you ever watched Double Jeopardy? Like maybe back in the... Is that just like a... Sh- you just mean sh- Jeopardy? No, Double Jeopardy. What's it's, the difference? No, no, it's a movie, right? Oh, I haven't so seen me, the movie. No. Let me quickly tell you about Double Jeopardy. <laughs> and I had never actually seen it. So I was like... And the you know the partner gets weird choices sometimes. It's just I like... Mean, it sounds like Let's it. watch this. I was like, holy shit. So it's Tommy Lee Jones, Ashley Judd. Um, it's actually a pretty cool cast. Like a couple of like those guys, like uh, Bruce Greenwood, you'd know. Mm. So the idea is that this dude is super rich hyper rich and occasionally well you think he is and occasionally he just decides that he just wants to have a change of scenery this is the 90s so there isn't like cell phones or any of that stuff to track you around yeah so he will effectively just either murder like the person he's with or he will um like fake his own death and just run out of town and so this ashley judd takes the hit goes to prison for like however many years for his murder quotation mark yeah comes out and finds out that he's actually still alive and he's now dating the au pair who was <laughs> looking after their kid and tommy lee jones is like a a gruff police type who believes her but doesn't believe her and comes on this journey with her it's actually a lot of fun i was surprised how much fun i had with this for like where did she find a this? 90s movie i think she'd seen it before so this came out in t- uh, january 6 2000 so it is literally the end of the 90s got it and you can tell like it's really fun like i was surprised how much fun i had with this uh and the final thing i watched i'd recommend that by the way the final thing i watched have been watching is only about halfway through is i've been watching and it's kind of aligning to what we're talking about today the new monarch legacy of monsters tv show yeah i saw that too have you watched any of it i've watched like two or three episodes yeah right okay so far it's not bad yeah i think there's way better than the other ones yeah tell me about it right as like a companion piece to the movies which i think we've talked about at least one of them i think we talked about they were all godzilla versus kong on the podcast center of the earth yeah it is so bad (laughs) so i've just released a youtube video about it and it's actually it's doing all right you guys check it out it's before you watch if you haven't seen this and i know a lot of people haven't check it out because it gives you like a a nice rounded overview this show is probably more i'd say about the characters than the monsters 100%. a lot of people are saying where are the monsters but i think it's supposed to be about the ptsd of godzilla ruined my city you know what i mean like how do you deal with that and everything around that like losing family members or you know in this case finding out you have a secret family (laughs) yeah that was kind of like that was weird i mean it's it's an interest. It happens to people. It's like an interesting it. thing to explore. I like it a lot. Yeah. And the monsters look great in this. When the monsters are in it, they look really cool. Yeah. It also flits between like a time frame in the seventies, nineteen fifties, and fifties. So and, around yeah. the end of the Second World War ish, just after. Interestingly, not terribly far from what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, no, um, no, they're basically the same thing. Very, this. yeah, very different production values. Very different in terms of their earnestness. I really like Monarch. I would highly recommend if anyone you know is into that. I mean, like if you don't like monster stuff, don't fucking watch it. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it is, it is like I think it's a more sophisticated than the movies. Totally, absolutely. You like, I mean, you even if you don't like monster stuff, like if you hate it, don't watch it. But like, it's not really about the monster stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, so it far, it's about the relationships. I'd yeah. say, yeah, guys. If there's anything that you've done that we, you would recommend to us, please do let us know. We've got some fantastic recommendations coming through on the socials. We will give some of them a shout in the next couple of weeks. 
You can hit us up at Podcast Assemble or thepodcastassemble at gmail.com. We're on Instagram. We're everywhere, baby. <laughs> DL, do you want to preface our main topic? It's the main topic theme. Uh, our main topic this week, as we've kind of already prefaced, is Godzilla Minus One, which is like a, you know, a, it's a Godzilla movie that's not an American-made Godzilla movie. Is yes. Well, I mean, that's where summary? traditionally from. Yeah, but not the recent ones. No. <laughs> so I'm just like prefacing that it is, uh, it is not from our... Hollywood friends and sensibilities. And um, you want to know to kick off why it is called Godzilla minus one specifically? I've had it has been a question. You have been wondering, been wondering. This. This. We walked out of the cinema. Is it a prequel? Question. I don't even know. So what is Godzilla it? minus one describes Japan as a leveled nation. So sitting at ground zero after World War Two, it's already been fucked up. Yeah, Godzilla comes in and wreaks havoc and takes it even lower than zero. So these people. <laughs> are lower than zero that's the whole point of this they are negative one they are literally negative one and i that is such an interesting descriptor for this movie it is because it's set in the 1950s 1945 i think it's It's a really good setting yeah it's Um, beautiful i just think it you know that that's a a basic way of of highlighting that they're down in the dumps but uh i was i had no idea so yeah but it's thanks for the war we're gonna be doing very quick non-spoilers and then some spoilers at the end but dl before we do do you have a stupid plot summary for this i do it wasn't easy um because it's a good fucking film yeah it's it's good and also it's just kind of like you know how any kind of dumb summary for godzilla kind of just ends up sounding like the other Godzilla <laughs> Well, I mean, you uh, can keep using the same one if you want. Yeah, a Godzilla no film. You. Yeah, no, a Godzilla film where the idea, where each idea and every idea for taking down the monster is worse than the last. To the point where by the end of the film, I thought someone might try and snake charm the thing with a <laughs> flute. But we're enjoying the ride all the way due to the real character development sapped in a mostly historically accurate post-World War to Japan. I like that. Yeah. It would have been funny if they had have got the snake charmer out. Yeah, just like, <laughs> like, honestly, I was ready for that guy with the hair to be like, this idea will definitely not work. <laughs> but who has a flute? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, that's where I was at. I was like, they are really, they're reaching. They are really scraping the barrel yeah. with this one. All yeah. right. Mine is a crash course in how World War II Japanese earnestness can defeat anything, yeah. even a metaphor for nuclear destruction. True. Because that is literally this fucking movie. Everyone is so... That is Godzilla. Goddamn earnest. And this is from uh, Takashi Yamazaki. And it's got like... I mean, look, these aren't actors that I'm fully aware of, but the cast is really great. We're following Koichi and uh, Noriko, who are... Well, Koichi was a kamikaze pilot, apparently. Mm -hmm. Um, And a bunch of really, really well thought out, interesting characters around them. Uh, Very like strong personalities. And there's... An element of sort of like tradition versus like uh, a more forward looking society and how the two are clashing in this. And it's just really nice. I really like what's happening here. Do you know, like, do you want to give us a bit of like a quick plot overview before we? Yeah, I guess like we start out um, basically at the very, very end of World War Two, almost the. Well, they've been defeated, right? They have been Pretty defeated. Much. The war is not officially over. Yeah, like, right. By treaties and all that. But they have been defeated. It is known they're going to lose. It's very likely that they're negotiating their, their surrender. surrender. Um, and we see our lead. Uh, is that Koyochi? Yeah, Koyochi. Shika- I just said Koyochi. Yeah, Koyochi Shikashima, um, who is returning from a flight, and we're not really sure the context, but he's basically a kamikaze pilot. I like the ambiguity of that. Yeah, we, we don't really know all the setting, all the reasons why he's returning. We find out, come to find out, spoilers for the very beginning of the movie, he is uh, was supposed to go on a kamikaze run, and he said there's something wrong with his plane, and he's come back to the kamikaze maintenance island. Boys lying. In shame. Boys lying. Yeah. 
he's lying. The, the maintenance pilot's like, there's nothing wrong with your plane. He's kind of beefing. He's like, what are you implying by that? Because it's very dishonorable not to execute your kamikaze mission, right? Absolutely. And there's obviously a conflict in the camp. Some people kind of agree with him, like, "Hey, why? What is the point of wasting your life on a on something that's not worth it? We know we know it's over." That's a big theme of this movie. Yeah, wasting I mean, it's life. Definitely, it's definitely a theme, and it's definitely something they explore. And through the uh, night, we um after the night after this happens. Basically, we get a Godzilla attack. Yeah, they're really up front with Godzilla. Yeah, it happens right away. Like 2014, be damned. Yeah, like, like Godzilla the, is like right up in front of you. Yeah, bro. the alarm comes off and they're like, oh, is it the Americans with some crazy weapon? And it's like, nope, it's actually just Godzilla. And there's some really cool ways they hinted that, which we'll talk about later about like when Godzilla's arriving. Mm, but basically, mm. we see Godzilla decimate this camp and they're all hiding. And this is when he's a baby. Yeah, this is little baby Godzilla. <laughs> just a little bit. He's not that big anymore. He's like, at this, at this not point. At this point, yeah. yeah. At this point. And we they're all hiding away as Godzilla kind of wreaks havoc on the first few people and it's like kind of looking for things to do. And they <laughs> he just wants to play. Yeah. And they he just wants to, it was kind of like, yeah, he just wanted to throw a couple of guys up and chomp chomp. <laughs> the the leader of this camp goes, Hey, run to your plane. It's sitting facing him. You can it's, fuck him up. You can fuck him up. It's the only gun that'll do any damage. Now, frankly, me looking at this monster, I did not believe that it would have done no. any damage. Koichi so, man, you got it right. So I kind of agree. It's kind of a similar ineffective strategy to him. It's like uh, doubling down on the kamikaze story where totally. he runs to go do it. He ends up pussing out cowardly and doesn't shoot it. Uh, and it just kills everyone except for him and, and one the, other guy, one of the, mechanics, the, the main yeah. leader mechanic. And they're basically knocked out. They wake up. Everyone's dead. And he is shamed. He goes back to a post-World War II Japan. Tokyo, which is fucked up. Tokyo, which is basically in shambles from from the war. And uh, is shamed by all those around him. Ends up stumbling into someone else who's been kind of going through himself, this, yeah. going through some stuff. Noriko Oishi, who is basically running from the police with a child that's not hers, or a refugee child, a refugee baby, and she's decided to raise this baby. And they become this kind of makeshift family, found family, found family of kind of thing. different people that are, have suffered post World War II, both yeah. orphans, the Noriko and and the baby, as well as. Uh, I don't think we get into Koichi's family history, do no, we? No, we don't at all. I think, oh no, they they die as well. They die as well. They're, they die we know in the they're bombings, dead, but that's yeah. all we know. And it's kind of like sort of Koichi, not necessarily, yeah, it's more Koichi's like path to redeeming himself, this movie. Yes, it's an like, arc of him like regaining his honor and his, and his feeling of, I am allowed to have a family. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and his honor in a time where honor is changing its meaning in yes. that context. Yes. But the setting of this, the way this world is built is so amazingly beautiful. This movie is outside of any real continuity, so it's not part of. I mean, I don't. I can't pretend that I'm an expert on the Japanese Godzilla films, but this you is can. outside of the Japanese Godzilla films continuities. Definitely not part of the American ones. It's kind of like I want to say a closed story, except for the ending of it, which we'll talk about when we get to spoilers. But it's. I like that it's its own thing. It gives you this like crazy, fucking angry Godzilla yeah. that is just like. It's like a hurricane. It's kind of like irrelevant to that it's Godzilla. Yeah. It's almost like as if it was another war that they're having. It's more about that, the nationalism of Japan. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like having to recover from a lost war. And what does that mean for those that are left? And how did they handle this next challenge as, yeah, a, as a nation and as a people? And there's no ambiguity to Godzilla in this. No. Full stop. No. He is just a fucking wrecking ball. Yeah. He comes in. I, there are times when I'm like, is he intentionally standing on that house? Yes. <laughs> like, he is doing it to break kind shit. Kind of angry. Yeah. He's got like, I don't know, Limp biscuit in his ears. Like, give me stuff to break. <laughs> he is just messing shit up. But the one thing I found about this movie, and this could have just been us. We could have been in like one of those weird moods. Because it was so earnest. 
it just had like an unintentionally funny quality to well, it's it. It's also just time. a culture shock of like Japanese culture. I think that I like think Japanese a- filming, I think they are a bit more like excessive, like in certain ways, like an emotion. I see. Like I, I see. I, I, every Japanese movie I've seen, like there's it's, sometimes there's not a lot of subtlety to the emotion. I think sure. it is. A, I think it is a style, kind of like Bollywood in a lot of ways. Maybe, has its okay. own has its own style. But I, I could give be you wrong. that. I give you that. It, it certainly is over the top in some of its yes. portrayals of emotion. Yes, that's what I'm talking call about. It. And I mean, maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just how I was watching this. But I had a really fucking good time with this movie, wall to wall. As in, like, there wasn't any fat to this. The world building was phenomenal. Like, uh, everything about the, you know, post-war J- uh, Japan was really beautifully recreated. The fact that they layered over things like the government refuses to come and save them. The government's all about propaganda that's making things worse. Yep. Really interestingly done. Yeah, totally. Um, And they, I mean, they even, like, talked about like why the why america wasn't involved yeah right like because it it is kind of this thing of like that is the biggest plot hole i could say why wouldn't the rest of the world it's like there's this fucking gigantic monster and no one else seems to care (laughs) there's like here's a couple ships japan hopefully you can figure it out yeah sort yourselves out guys yeah like it is this country that's been wiped out. yeah it's like you know and also like people would care if this you know it's big big interesting it's also an it's also a thing that everyone would want to study as well yeah but I think the thing that really got me about this was, and it's, I, I mentioned a couple of times that, you know, there's no ambiguity to Godzilla. He's just mean. He's a real mean boy. Yeah. Is the, the reason I'm saying that is because in a lot of the Americanized movies, you get these like themes of like humans are the real monsters and you know yes. what I mean? All this stuff yes. like we're destroying the world and Godzilla's going to make it better. There's none of that. No, Godzilla's like a natural calamity almost. Yeah, completely. He is just like a wall, like a force of nature. Yeah. And that's really interestingly portrayed in this by this big fucking mall. And after the first incident, so it's what, like a year, two years later? Well, you would actually don't get Godzilla for a while. Yeah. Like after the first yeah. thing, you, it's basically a character it's movie. It's about 30 minutes. Yeah, it's like a character movie for a while about like, you know, inv- as we talked about, investigating how you reclaim honor, what honor means, and in a setting of post-World War II Japan. And it's like, it sits in that setting for quite yeah. a bit of time even to the point where like the first job he gets is like a a job that's cleaning up the mines yeah. from the war I found that interesting. and it pays really well because he, he might die yeah like yeah, yeah um so you, and then you get introduced to the ragtag group of his his friends that are also the minesweepers yeah did you not think uh, outside of maybe those specific minesweepers did you think there were a lot of people who were just like telling koichi to kill himself they were just like yeah, no, people didn't like him <laughs> they really did not but that's like the him. point like that when people when he came back as a shamed kamikaze pilot that yeah. was what the old culture would have said about you yeah right and it's obviously a shifting culture so like that would exist and that would be quite real for and him. everyone being like just kill yourself yeah, it's like he, the internet nowadays yeah. you put post anything on the internet you'll Except probably they get a lot of those comments face bro literally to his face <laughs> no he had like hurts, a, guys and he carried around like his uh the guilt, p- the guilt, like a physical manifestation, manifestation of his guilt in the form of the photos of like the family members of all the other pilots that died. Yeah, he was given that on his way home, actually, as like a by the engineer, as a shamed, yeah. like as a shaming, as a way to shame him, which was brutal. Yeah, for sure. How brutal are these people? I'm real. Well, I mean, like, po- like Japan has changed a lot. Like, yeah. if you look at Shogun Japan, it was yeah, right, crazy, dude. But I find that fascinating. I think like about Samurai Japan that more than I do the Roman Empire. Samurai Japan? Yeah. Well, it's similar. It's feudal militaristic societies. It's true. Well, the Roman Empire wasn't feudal. It turned into like... It it turned that way. I think feudal Japan was more... Everything about it. It's more medieval. Everything down to like, you know, I didn't 
managed to kill this one person. So I got to kill myself. It's yes. like, okay, you really don't give a shit about lives in this empire, do you? Um, well, it was like honor. You give a shit about honor. Yeah, exactly. On honor over life. Yeah. Um, some of the performances in this were really good. Like we, we talked about earnestness before. It is incredibly earnest to the point of almost humor in a, in a way. But like, I'm being a little facetious when I'm saying that. But I did really like the tension it made because I think for me, I think I've had my brain broken a little bit by Marvel movies. After every fourth line, I expect there to be a quip or someone to do something silly or trip over. Whereas in this, it is like to the point where he's banging his head on the table, the Koichi, because he he feels so dishonored the whole time. He just needs people. People don't like believe it. At a dinner. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like if me and you had a sushi dinner, you express something like, you know, a bit sad. Yeah, or depressing about your past life. Yeah, exactly. And you just like started slamming your head on the table. But the thing, the thing I, I I really liked about this was the fact that the well, mainly because we don't know any of the cast, so we don't know if they're you know famous or. I'm sure some of them are. Yeah, no, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying yeah. they're not. I'm sure a lot of them are. But what I'm saying is because we don't know who that these these uh, cast members, we don't know specifically who any of them are. The tension this movie made, and the fact it was so honest and pure in its acting anyone could have died at the end of this for me literally everyone could have died this could have been one of those movies where yeah. like the white walkers come in and just wipe the city out Fair. and we just have to sit in this notion of holy shit everyone just died totally that's how fair. i felt all the way through i was like this the plan which we're going to talk about just might fuck up and they might all die <laughs> like i i was ready for that yeah, the whole way could through could have been and i like and i like that not knowing and i feel like whenever you watch like I know I keep talking about Marvel films, but whenever you watch that, you know who's going to survive for the most totally, part. Totally, totally. 99.9% of the time. That's the problem with Marvel. The problem with a lot problem of movies. The problem with even like good books that I like, I'm like, you need to kill more people. Every, yeah. Just kill anyone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like Stranger Things. Perfect example. Anyone should, of the main cast should have died. Because it's an 80s movie, movie. I kind of like... Show. Yeah. I mean, you get my point. Like it's made after 80s movies. Like that wasn't a thing in 80s movies. So I kind of like, I'm okay. Like putting it in that tropey. Kids died in 80s movies. Not really. Like they're not the main characters. I don't know. There's so like, many someone will now. by the end of Stranger there's Things. There's so many main characters. I think Finn Wolfhard should die. We're yeah, getting on a tangent will. here. Um, but it also explores a very different culture and style of monster genre to what we're used to, which I totally. very much enjoyed being a part of, especially going to the cinema to see it as well, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I liked it. I mean, it was just, I think I liked it because it was just a good movie. It was a, a movie set in, you know, a good setting with a, a planned arc that was investigating like real themes and wasn't over the top action. Absolutely. Wasn't over the top. Well, the, action- the crazy part like about this movie, though, for me, is like a non-Godzilla fan that's seen a lot of these movies. Yeah. The heat wave was just like... Holy shit, that was like... like bigger than a nuclear bomb, bro. Literally, it was a, just an atomic... Like, Whatever they did, it felt big. Yeah. <laughs> it felt big. That's something to talk about. Let's talk about action. Yeah. Everything Godzilla did felt big. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. And it had weight to it. Like yeah, when he sure. turned around and his tail just like brushed a building and the whole thing shook. Whole blocks. I was like, yo. The only part <laughs> I was that, like, yo. Yo. The only part where that sort of falls down is when Godzilla does this atomic blast and everyone gets wiped out except the building that Koichi's hiding no, behind. No, there's definitely like, some, there's some plot armor here. Stupid shit, for Yeah, sure. there's a bit of plot yeah. armor here. But yeah, you're right. It's very emotive. Uh, I think the unexpected relationships really hold this movie up. The action is really visceral in sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like there's a bit where there's some idiot guys stood on a top of a building filming the Godzilla uh, for a news whatever yeah, that guy has for. an absolute death wish and it is next to the fucking thing it is granted and then i'm so glad that <laughs> got, i'm so glad yeah. i was like you just deserve this 
but the relationships between all of the crew on the boat uh i liked that the boat was just like a shitty old wooden ship and they yeah. were like it's a ragtag bunch this is what we got this is what we got yeah you know i find that really cool um it was, it was just nice all around had a good feel to it it did and i i really liked the uh, the concept of like the found family and like obviously she wants him to marry her but he doesn't marry her but they're raising this kid throughout most of the movie why, and why do you think he didn't marry i mean her? i think it's i think it's pretty clear that like he does not believe he deserves a family after what he did. Yep. And this so Rico story. it's coming to like, it, it comes to him like, and he needs to like get over. He needs to deal with that wound before he's able to fully grant himself, you know, happiness, happiness. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think that's a good perspective on that yeah. sort of relationship and that dynamic, because the start of it is very much, they are they're almost like hood rats at that point, street rats yeah, at yeah, that no, point, because sure. neither of them have got anything. They're just trying to survive. And they have like no food. Alive. They can't even keep yeah. the, the, the risk is like, are they going to be able to keep the baby alive? Not, yeah. Are they going to, you know. And when they get past to... that and they start making money, it's a case of, you know, you're living together. You're yep. like, you clearly like each other. What's going on here? Yeah. And he keeps rejecting himself any form of happiness and yeah. probably down to that guilt he feels deep down. Well, I mean, he's got nightmares about it. He's got, you know pictures that he looks at like it's pretty clear that that's yeah a... well i'd say yeah i'd absolutely say the pictures and that constant reminding himself of the guilt mixed with the ptsd you see him sort of enduring as it's all happening totally totally really flesh that character out in ways that i was not expecting me as well i also like just like the commentary by the other groups and like what each per sorry the other people in his group and what they each represent like yeah right one of them represents like obviously the ingenuity of japan yep for sure one of them represents like the the new youth and like not really knowing the weight of war these and, these and are his ship compatriots the, yeah the, his, his ship compatriots and then one's like an old dog like you know he's just you know I don't really know what he. I think An old he. Sea dog. Yeah, he he kind of just represents like the historical Jap, like the the fact that J- Japan can change and like old dogs can that. be taught yeah. new tricks. I would I say, say but, yeah. I think I think he represents the fact that the old society, the society is evolving, and how they all have to move with it, even yeah. the older yeah. generation. And it's possible, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. The one thing I'd call out is we mentioned that there is like a half an hour like gap where there's no action there's no godzilla it's all like character work i think at the time when i was watching that i felt like the film had slowed down too much and it may have just i mean i sort of fell off a little bit towards the end of that 30 minute spell i was a bit like the pacing's gone a bit awry here you need something or at least at least trick you you know what i mean give you like pretend like something's gonna happen then it doesn't mm. like i didn't mind it but i get i get your point like but i i thought like because it was like doing all the care all the hard yards yeah right and like the tone of the of, of japan and then like investigating that i didn't i didn't mind it that yeah much. and i think that was just at the time i was really worried that this was going to go down the line of like there's been some recent godzilla movies where a lot of it is in boardrooms like shin godzilla for example and all like the relationships are all about like people bureaucracy and trying Mm. to you know like what should we do it's not this is like an action movie that has great characters yeah i liked it yeah i liked it a lot cgi was good can't really say anything about the cgi godzilla was drooling a lot drooling a lot more drool than i remember in other godzillas every time Don't you agree? Yeah, I do. He had a, he, was he had a, like rabies or something? <laughs> some I mean, kind of fucking angry. Some kind of oral fixation. I don't know. Every every time uh, Godzilla gets hurt in this or something happens to him, he's like he regenerates with like a different scar, like yeah. on his on his body. 
and the way they map that is really interesting and kind of yeah. cool. I like that a lot. I also thought he had mean ass eyes. He was so mean. He had some mean. He had a mean mug. Oh, he only had one look, and it was angry, and it was just like very pissed off. A mean mugging, like devil pissed off, big time. Also, I said this at the top. He's just a mean boy, and he was brooding. Like when they were when it was chasing him, <laughs> when it was chasing him in the boat, that was pretty scary. That's a really cool. I was like, it's kind of like Jawsy. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, absolutely. Like it was, it was that was a that was a really fun scene. Yeah, I like that a lot. This movie was on like a budget of like fifteen million dollars. Well done. Well, you wonder how many people got crunched to make this happen. Like, surely, like if it's done in Japanese studios and stuff, people are getting crunched. There's going to be a lot. Of, I don't know. A lot more the, pressure. I don't know the culture of Japanese studios, but it looked good. It looked fucking. Excellent. It looked good for fifteen mil. They yeah, probably right. made some money. So maybe they should get some shares in the business. I don't know if I. Maybe you know they I mean? should. I hope they should align those equity. Like you know, if you work really hard, you should align with the outcome, the upside. It's unfortunately not how the movie business works. But... Uh, well, maybe it does in Japan. I really liked it. Let's talk a bit about Tones themes then. Spoilers. Do you have any good ones? We've talked about Found Family. I mean, yeah, there's Found Family Tones. I think it's just like uh, from a theme perspective. It's like letting. I think there's definitely like a like what is redemption and and letting yourself forgiving yourself yes you know agreed. you know self-forgiveness I, I i don't know if that's like a theme but it's definitely like a through line yeah and and, and what is honor i agree that's probably that. the biggest theme they investigate like, being progressive yeah my ipad just died um <laughs> it's like it's like honor versus like i can't really think of it it's 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 being in a society where honor is a dogmatism key, a key versus honor. yeah exactly dogmatism versus honor like what is the difference right yeah like, absolutely um three best and three worst then what we do is we talk give you three reasons you might want to see this film non-spoilers and three reasons you might not uh dl what are your three best uh the setting is really good Agreed. the character arcs are really good and i think just the third best would be i think even just the, the dynamic between the characters like, yeah nice like uh, i didn't ha- i don't have to talk about the action because the action is good um but it wouldn't be top three for me it wouldn't wow. be actually on second thought i'll say the the action sequences are unique. Yes. They're agreed. unique. Yeah. So I'll say characters, setting, and the 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 action sequences are like very, very fun and different. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Okay. Mine, I'm going to struggle with worse, by the way, but mine are um, that Godzilla, like I mentioned, Godzilla is not a metaphors for human beings being the real monsters. I'm a bit sick of that humans being the real monsters thing. Like, I feel like we have that trope all the yeah. time now in everything we watch. And I'm like, yep. I know we suck. Like... <laughs> Give us a break, guys. Uh, uh, next one is showcasing what can be done on a small budget. We talked about the creator recently mm. that had a tiny budget compared to most big Hollywood features. Yep. This looks great. The script is clearly insane. Like the characters are really well built out. Like, stop throwing three hundred million dollars <laughs> at, at a movie. M- I bet most of that gets stolen. You know what I mean? Like you're on a film set, like. 15 million goes people in the director's way, pocket. Yeah, Not maybe yeah. the director, that's harsh. But you know what I mean? Like people find a way to siphon this that This is shit a lot off. of grafting. Yes, yeah. agreed. And the final one, which for me, I've done this previously, it sits in both best and worst. It straddles the two. It's like a gray middle ground is the earnestness of the movie. Now it's best because I'm just glad we had a really earnest movie. Like I really liked that it was not a quip every 15 30 seconds it made sense in the setting it was in and it really built the characters properly but worse because i just don't think i was 100 percent ready for it and it, there were times yeah. when i found myself almost laughing i was like for sure why is he banging his head on the table? for sure it was very funny I, I agree. <laughs> you know what i mean it was a yeah. uh, it was an interesting watch in that respect do you have any worse yeah i think that uh from, from a worse perspective i i don't think the 
like there's some plot holes with like how the rest of the world like i kind of couldn't get over that because they kept bringing it up they're like yeah the u.s can't spare a thought because of the ruskies but mm. they're giving us a ship like they brought that up like three t- like that happened a couple times in the movie and i was kind of just like you know find a better way to not have them be involved or involve them but don't they can be involved in a way that actually adds to the narrative of post world Japan, post World War II Japan, right? And then that thing you're investigating, it doesn't have to make America or Britain a part, like a big part of the story, other than adding context to that part, I mean, right? Because it's yeah. unrealistic that they wouldn't be there. You could have even made it that those countries just don't believe what yes been said and what's happening. Yes, and and because like if if you there's just, no satellites, like, yeah, precisely, and there's no way of getting that information yeah. to them. So like you tell you tell in they think it's a ruse. Exactly, they think it's in a ruse. Forty-five, you yeah. tell the US that there's this big fucking scaly monster here. Yeah, they're not going to believe you. They can think it's a hoax. To yeah, suck after you, you suck just you like after you just got decimated. Exactly. Like, yeah, they like sure, guys. So that part, like, I kind of was like, man, there's some other parts, or I just think there's some dose ex machina stuff that we'll talk about in a bit. That yeah, like right. I, you know, I don't, I, I don't fully believe. Other than that, I find it hard to pick a you know a, a big third. Cool. I think that I think it was pretty good mostly. I agree. There was some pacing issues in parts for me, but I think in hindsight they probably lent into the character work in a nice way, which maybe I didn't fully appreciate until I got the whole perspective of the yeah. movie. But yeah, it was a really really good film. So let's talk critical reception. Can you guess for me first and foremost the IMDb score for this right now? Uh, seven eight. Eight five. Okay, nice. Flying high right now. That's good. What do you reckon about the Rotten Tomatoes percentage? Uh, if it's eight five, there probably ninety. <sighs> it's ninety seven. Yeah, ninety seven. I mean, I think like it's easier to get a high rating when not as many people have seen it. Yeah, right. I think it's getting a bigger it's release the now as well. That like saw that wanted yeah. to see it. When yeah, it, it had like a, a very limited release in the states, and I think it's been released to like two thousand more cinemas. So nice. it's getting it's getting bigger and bigger. It's doing the whole. Everything everywhere all at once thing. Scale up. And finally, Letterboxd, our classic, our favorite. It's all user scores. Three, and seven, it's five. always three six. Three seven five. It's no, it's four two. Oh god. I'm surprised. I really underestimated this movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we I think we did going in as well. I was just so surprised by this. Now finally what we do is we have our own rating system for this movie, which is very simple. Internet is binary. Is it better or worse than the most average movie we know, which as of this moment is still Aquaman twenty eighteen. DL. Is it better and why? It is better. And it's better for all the previously mentioned reasons. And the fact that it's just not like it's got a purpose. Yeah. It's not just like, you know, bubbles and rainbows <laughs> and octopuses playing the drums. Like it's not he just could have done with some octopus playing drums. Yeah, it's not just setting. I mean, it, it, it has that. It's not just characters. It has that. And it's not just spectacle. It has that. It's all three of them combined. Whereas Aquaman is kind of just a lot of spectacle. Yes. Agreed. You know, and CGI. I like the purpose point. I think I feel like that's the key point here. I'm going to have to say it's worse because there's not enough Mark Wahlberg in this film. <laughs> I mean, by that definition. Yeah. If that is the guy, is that if that's the if that's the, um, it's the bar, not, it's just not that good. Doesn't have Mark. Wahlberg. No, yeah. I'm kidding. I think it's it's for the reasons you said it's, oh, it's guys. It's better. Godzilla's <laughs> coming. Come on, guys. He's coming. And you know what? We can't just wait. We got to do something. We got to do something. (laughs) Come and talk to the trees with me, guys. Oh, man. That's what I think that should be one of our famous rating systems. Is is there enough Mark Wahlberg in this? Um, Spoilers? Yeah, do it. Big big spoiler, spoiler time. There's like Um, three or two or three big ones. There's only like two or three really big ones in this. So let's talk about the plan to destroy Godzilla first. Which one? The the main one that the scientists come up with. Because there's like so many before that where it's like, 
we'll give them we'll, we'll put the mining the wooden ship yeah. on the job yeah they this failed. little wooden ship they actually failed. they were the closest ones to succeeding yeah they did pretty they good kept, they, kept, they went backwards they in terms of up. effectiveness of plans from the first one <laughs> so <laughs> what we find out is that one of the main characters on the ship is actually quite a well-renowned scientist in the community yes and they get together all former naval peoples and vets to take out a couple of ships and they have this plan whereby what they're going to do is take Godzilla to the deepest part of the nearby oceans. The trench, trench the something trench. And effectively drown use the bubbles <laughs> to bubbles. drown him. Use bubbles to deep. drown them, to give him a little, I think it's, it's almost like an opposite of a, of a kid floaty. Yeah, right. It's like a kid floaty that makes him drown. Yeah, right. You know, it's like water wings for Godzilla, except inverted. I, th- I think it's supposed to also crush him by the weight of the water. The Which is interesting pressure. because it's like, wouldn't it also crush the device? But possibly so. You know. That doesn't work. <laughs> and then the secondary plan is that they have a floaty underneath him, which pushes him back up and the air pressure. You went to the bathroom. At that I literally peed moment. during the second part of yeah, the plan yeah, when yeah. they explained it. He was like, I know the plan. It's all right. I'm going. I was like, this is really explained the next part of it, which was they then use a floaty to push him back up. And the idea is that the increasing, like the rapidly diminishing pressure underwater then fucks with his brain and kills him that way that doesn't work either funnily enough and i was and as they're doing it the spoilers they eventually have to go to part two the first part doesn't work either doesn't yes. work. and so he comes up and he's all like frozen and i was kind of like why is he frozen what the <laughs> fuck is <laughs> he's going just cold. on i didn't like i didn't because i missed that part of the plan so i was like this is fucking weird he's just ice and i couldn't explain yeah. it to you in the cinema either yeah, no, which was hilarious enough. um so the thing i liked about this is you have this subplot line which is going on in the background which is koichi who of course, has been we've been told all the way along he's a kamikaze pilot, yep. and they have found this uh, very modern, shall we say, uh, airplane which they are going to use to distract Godzilla. It's one of the latest models, yep. and he's going to fly it around its head to bring it out into the ocean to get the into spot. the trench. Yeah. Exactly, and what happens is Koichi, you can see it bubbling in his head. He decides that he's going to use do his job from the world war and kamikaze godzilla and it's been seated quite well because, well like part of me is like kamikaze like godzilla well. what's what's that gonna do well, but they, like it was they, seated well because yeah. the mine in the exactly. first attack they had the mine gets in his mouth and almost kills him mm. it, like it blows up his head and but it he regenerates. regenerates somehow so he's like if we just have a bigger bomb with inside me and a fucking kamikaze pilot yeah. blow yeah. up in and if i basically kamikaze this guy's guttural. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. He'll, he'll die. He'll die. So it's like it's seated quite well. You kind of know what he's thinking in the back of his mind, as does kind of all his teammates. He's like, they're like, don't do anything stupid. Like, we know you've been shamed. Like, don't this. Mm. Like, there's a theme of like New Japan is life. Yeah, right. New Japan is like promoting and 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 valuing life. Mm, mm. Um, and then so that kind of plays into his team as they're doing this plan and prepping for it. And as it fails, as he it then fails. takes it upon himself to go and fly the fucking plane into Godzilla's mouth. The plane which the original pilot, or the original maintenance pilot that hates him for yeah. what he did in the beginning of the movie, built. Yes. He helps refurbish it. And the real spoiler here is that in coming to terms with the fact that he needs to sacrifice himself, said engineer then gives him a second chance by offering him a way out, which is a, a an ejection seat, which, you know, I, you can see that coming a, a million miles yes, away. They tried just, to hide it, but it's kind of... I don't know like if they that. tried to hide it. I don't know what they were trying to do. I don't know what the purpose of They were of very subtle about it. And, yeah. you know, they cut away at the right moment. And, like, he obviously... Like, the, the plane goes into Godzilla's mouth. It explodes. You think it's defeated and everyone's happy. It's a really... I really like that ending. Because he gets away. He gets a second chance. He gets to be with his found daughter. I like it, but I'm like, surely... there was there's, The other spoiler is he was going away. He left saying, like, you know... 
here's all my money to, to, to their neighbor. Please take care of my found daughter. Yeah. You also leave thinking the mom has died in one of the Godzilla attacks on Giba. Well, let's go back to that very yes. quickly. Then. So like, like babe, when it turns out she hasn't died. Yes. Um, so like kind of part of me was like, somebody's got to so die. She, well, she goes out for half of the movie, right? So what happens is when Godzilla attacks, sorry, where was it? Godzilla attacks? It was like Giba or something. Okay. When Godzilla G- attacks, it turns out that's where the found mother uh, works. No She's in a big city. Yes. Yeah. She's effectively working in the city. Godzilla, there's a really awesome action scene where she's on a train and the train is attacked by Godzilla and she's hanging off. And Very then, Lost World, Jurassic yeah, Park. Yeah, it's really, really well done action scene. And that's where the, the camera crew get fucked up. I really enjoyed that. I yeah. thought that was hilarious. He is coming right at us. He is yeah. coming. This is very dangerous. We should not be here. Nope, you should not. <laughs> no, you, and you should die. not. <laughs> now you die. Uh, and what happens is effectively... Uh, she pushes him, Koichi, behind a building, which somehow doesn't get destroyed. Godzilla's like heat wave thing is like a charge up. Like his spine gets like blue and it's like you can see when it's going to happen. that's cool. Isn't that cool? And so she, yeah, it's super cool. And she expects it and pushes him out of the way of the heat blast behind a building, which yeah. honestly should have been decimated as well because well, every other yeah. building was decimated. Well, that's the problem for yeah. me. Why Why did every other building except that one? I know it's plot armor stuff. But but then she, and she just gets fucking wiped. Wiped. You would think. Well, Noriko, it's a it's a direct hit. It, literally, she stood in the way in the way of the blast, or at least maybe slightly to the, the side. The heat wave of the blast, where yeah. it decimated buildings, but somehow not her, because we find out she's alive at the very end of the movie. And the big spoiler is that she survives somehow with only a few bruises and a broken arm uh, or yeah. something, which is absurd. We're like, yeah. a bit like, dude, when when it shows uh, him get a telegram at the end of the movie, there's like a telegram like that gets given to someone. Um, it's the it's the neighbor it gets given to the neighbor while he's on the mission so we think oh shit he's got this telegram what does that mean it's probably i i I knew immediately i knew it was for her so i was like oh it's kind of tragic he may kill himself and she'll be alive and that'll be a good tragic ending or vice versa you know what i mean yeah right but it ends up he doesn't die and he comes back and gets a telegram and it's that she survived and she's in a hospital somewhere way over there uh, way away from the I'm the surprised battle. she wasn't in multiple hospitals yes. after getting So there. I was like, when I saw that, it all, it all happens very quickly. Like, you yeah, get the telegram, you see that it is, and then it's like, cut straight to the, the hospital, and he's about to walk into the fucking hospital. Yeah. I turn to Tommy, obviously, as he's, as, as I he's come, I and I'm just like, she better be like a fried chicken. Like, <laughs> there better be just like a chicken wing on a hospital bed, because this <laughs> is ridiculous. Like, she, there is no way that he comes in there and she's just like, Oh, happy go like like turkey fries. This is like the image of it was too much. It's like no, it it had like a bucket of KFC. Yeah, literally on on this thing. Like oh no, and this is where I sort of came into like like a crisp territory for me. Oh, dude, I was crying. It was because it was so earnest. And it's like, can you imagine? Like I like you could make a meme of that. Yeah, totally. In fact, we should. We should try and cut together a a beam of like her getting decimated. Read the thing, and the next thing is like, because <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so fucking. It's what it should be. Oh, but anyway, look, I enjoyed this movie a heck of a lot. Like that that bit at the end, I was a bit like, oh come on, like to kill someone. You know what I mean? Yeah. All everyone survived, like the whole crew. But like the interesting thing is that there's like almost a pre-credit scene where you see Godzilla fully regenerating. Well, he's like the bit. The bit of him is like whatever's left. Yeah. He's regenerating. So you never know. It could go the way of other um, Godzilla type movies from Japan where he becomes almost like a savior. Like, I mean, his whole brain got exploded. So maybe he's going to be a completely different dude when he comes back. So maybe I would he'll like fight... it if he was just like kind of this gnarly, grizzled, scarred Godzilla. That'd be that... sick. Yeah. Maybe he'll fight other monsters in the next. Because there's going to be a sequel if that's the. And it seems to be doing pretty well at the box office. Yeah. DL, let's finish up then. 
Ultimately, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Would you like some trivia, true or false? Give it to me, mate. Give it to me. Okay. True or false, DL. Instead of creating a new Raw for Godzilla, the crew just picked a Raw from YouTube and used it for the movie. Is that true or is that false? Mm, feels like maybe they used it and edited it. True. So instead of creating a new Raw for this, the crew simply played the original Godzilla Raw over loudspeakers and recorded, re-recorded the audio. That's so interesting. I mean, like, why? Why? Are <laughs> I mean, you need to make a new Godzilla noise every time. They no, got... I get that. But it's more like, why not just use the original? Why re-record it? Do they have the masters? I don't know. Maybe it was to get more of like a yeah, visceral, echoey yeah. sound to it. I don't know. It's, inter- it's certainly interesting. For sure. Uh, true or false deal? Garth Edwards, who directed Godzilla 2014, the American version, attended a screening of this and said that he thought his version was significantly better. Is that true or is that false? I mean, it's pretty rude to say, so I'd say false. It is. He actually described the feeling of jealousy while watching a film, saying that this is what Godzilla movies should be like. And I'm with him on that, because this was the movement of Godzilla, like something that big just wouldn't move quickly. And I like that about it. It was sort of slow and kind of slow and kind of deliberate, especially when it was doing its beam thing. True or false, DL? The twist with Koichi ejecting from the plane before it crashing into Godzilla's mouth was actually spoiled earlier in the movie. Is that true or is that false? The twist where the plane flies in? The twist where he ejects, so him effectively surviving. Was spoiled? I mean, true. Well, in many ways. It is true because if you can read German, on the seat, it says in German that it's a warning label as an ejector seat and not to touch the button. Yeah, I mean, didn't even need that. (laughs) Not at all. You could just tell. It was spoiled by everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's called foreshadowing. Honestly, Um, man, people should check this out. Yeah, highly no, recommend. If you, I mean, especially if you're like into this kind of stuff, like it's a, it's a good. It's a good I movie. am. I think I am. I think more and more I watch. You like the monster stuff. I do. I generally would never watch this stuff. Right. Except for like, I, I would have. I saw Godzilla 2014 because it was like one of the most badass trailers ever. Do you remember that trailer where it was all like in shadow and it was smoke? You, yeah, and like yeah, it was yeah. badass. So I was like, okay, like that's pretty cool. And Aaron Taylor and Johnson had, was in it, and I love Aaron, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Johnson's. I love his Johnson. I love Aaron Taylor. <laughs> you love tailoring it. Whoopsie. Um, <laughs> anyway, the the point being like, and also there hadn't been a Godzilla movie, an American one for since I was a kid. Ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. So, which is a good thing because that was a bad fucking movie. Ultimately, go check it out, guys. It's seriously good if you can get it in a cinema near you. I know it's a very very limited showing, so find somewhere. We saw it in the city in Sydney. I'm sure you'll be able to find a way. Yeah, please do. DL. Do you want to wrap up the show? Of course, man. A big thank you to Matthew Bliss for editing and mastering this week's episode. If you'd like to hire someone to edit your podcast, he's, he's very good. He has to deal with us. So. He has head, to put up with our shit. Head to Matt. There actually was, there's probably like four edits this time, right, Matt? Like maybe more. 14. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Head to just Matthew do a counter, Bliss. Like a ding, 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 Yeah, ding, seriously. Ding, ding. Like ding. Maybe just do a, do a reel of it right now and just prove me wrong. You can do it. Head to MatthewBliss.net and book a consultation today. If you'd want to hear his work, he's got a podcast from my home to yours. Yes. An expat awesome. repat podcast where him and his wife share their experience kind of moving around the world well we haven't things. talked about the video game awards that have just happened so we his didn't. other podcast i got halfway Drop, through that video oh the, yeah. was, that, was that his no 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 oh. but his vid- his pod- video game podcast the dead drop will more than like take you through some of the highlights that will be very it. useful because even this video i was watching to understand it was like 10 minutes long he's very funny whoever the guy is on youtube so Super i'd rather have a podcast yes that told me about that you don't have to watch it yeah Exactly. I like it. So check out The Dead Drop by Matthew Bliss. Do it to it. Until next time, you can find us at thepodcastassemble at gmail.com or podcastassemble on Instagram. My man got it right. Yeah, barely. There's a bit of hesitation. (laughs) 
Um, and yeah, I'm dyslexic. That's why I struggle with that. That's you know, fine. Like, you know, the, I know you the, too the well. Words are moving. And, Thanks for sticking with it, guys. Yeah. We really appreciate it. Uh, thank, until next time, thank you guys. Thank you, Tommy. Tell you. Latest Gators.